travelers, we are live from the apocalypse. You know, this is take 11 or 12, and we're going to see how this goes. So hi, hello, welcome. Welcome to the apocalypse, as we are live from the apocalypse. We are a not-for-profit TTRPG studio that raises money for aid organizations and good causes. And you are listening to our Masks Actual Play podcast, Academy H. I am JD, one of the players in Academy H, and I play Casimir Bright, aka Spectral. We recently rounded out our fundraising for Rainbow Railroad. We have, as of this week, started to raise money for Doctors Without Borders and we are honored to be able to platform them at this time. There is, of course, never any expectation, but you can find the donate link in the show notes. We actually do most of our fundraising when we are streaming live on Twitch over at the Live from the Apocalypse Twitch account. Today's episode features Sydney Rubino. You can find Sydney on all of the socials at Sydney Rubino. And I would very, very much encourage you to have her join a project that you are doing. Words literally cannot encompass what she brought to Academy H, and it was such an honor and a pleasure and a privilege to have her with us. You can also find links to her socials in the show notes as well. And I think, without further ado, this means we have to get into it, get the tissues ready, because we're diving into Lock and Key, Part 4. Diesel, the inmate who Victory crashed into at high velocity, is crumpled on the ground, leaving a large crater in the wall. Victory, do you land on your feet? I feel like that is a question for the dice to decide. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Uh, I am down for that. I would say that you are directly engaging a threat, so roll with danger. Well, I, I am taking a penalty to that from my many conditions. Uh, so let's go. Let's do it. Uh, engages da- danger? Yes. Okay. Right. I'm a moderately dangerous boy. Okay. And okay. So boxcars plus one for danger minus two for afraid. So that comes to an 11. With an 11, you can pick two things, I believe. Um, resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, create an opportunity, or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. Also, I just did that from memory. Nice. All right. Well, in this case, I think that I, I, I know I'm setting myself up for snatch and defeat from the jaws of uh, me, I guess. <laughs> but uh, the two that I'm going to pick are I'm not picking avoiding their blows. I am going to pick impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition because my goal here was to create a distraction and to also create an opportunity for my allies. Okay. There is general pandemonium. People start freaking out. The hostages start screaming. They don't really know what's going on. The inmates start shouting, trying to figure out exactly what is happening here. The standoff that you were embroiled in with your sister, Lyra, her eyes are still locked on you. She is, like, not paying attention to anything that is happening around. But general mayhem has kind of broken out. Victory... You were very successful, so I imagine you kind of slam into Diesel, slam him into the wall. 
and stick to landing. You don't end up on your back, it sounds like. Look at this guy, staying upright. (laughs) But I will say, as you land, and there's kind of chaos around you, and you're feeling really good about yourself, Diesel is going to kind of put one hand on the ground and pick himself up and brush some of the plaster and debris off of himself. And he's just going to start walking towards you. And he's going to say, as he does so, you don't know what you just did, hero. Is this a tank top man? Yes. Ah, <laughs> all right. Well, I suppose um, as is tradition, then as he as he swaggers towards me, I must, as a gentleman in a singlet, return the swagger. <laughs> as you sort of swagger towards each other, he is going to stand basically perfectly still across from you. And he is going to say, do it again. The dance as old as time has begun. Hit me again. Hit him again. (laughs) (laughs) Danny's commentary from above. And this is kind of happening at the same time that lots of chaos and pandemonium is breaking out around you. But like this moment, you're kind of locked in. And Victory actually, I think, sensing that something is a little bit off about this request, is actually instead... (laughs) going to just uh, uh, stick his arms out. Say like, you know, where are my manners? Please feel free. After you. (laughs) Danny hates this, for the record. (laughs) That's more than fair. Um, He's going to shrug and he's going to wind up and punch you full force. And he hits hard. In this case, I, I'm hoping I might get a little bit of a, of a benefit just because Victory was ready to roll with it, potentially into like a throw or a takedown or something. You were ready to roll with it, but you didn't pick uh, resist or avoid their blows. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. I think mm. you kind of, uh, I think you kind of over swaggered yourself in this situation. <laughs> ah, no, a swag, but I should have swigged. Yep. He swagged too close to the sun. <laughs> He hits you way harder than you expected him to. Maybe harder than you have ever been hit by a single person. I've been, I've been hit, I've been hit by some big fellers. You have, you have. <laughs> uh, just a sort of a peek behind the curtain. One of his moves as a villain is knock you for a loop. Uh, so he's gonna do just that, and you are gonna have okay. to take a powerful blow. All right, cool. Does he count as significantly more powerful than me? That is an interesting question. You did just say it's the hardest I've ever been hit. I did, and yeah, yeah, I will say in this circumstance, yes. Okay, in that case, uh, let me roll my never give up, never surrender. Roll plus savior. All right, that's not bad. On a hit, you stand strong and choose one on a seven to nine market condition. Okay, all right. So I I stand strong, I choose one, I still mark a condition, unfortunately, but I get, uh, so I get to choose between one of these options. Uh, I'm going to say I rally from the hit and it inspires the team to add one team to the pool. Love that and totally into it. And what condition are you picking? I, I am going to mark guilty. So I, while I was, my job was to create a distraction, one could argue that Victory has allowed some grandstanding to get away from him in this situation, and that, you know, maybe outside of the the scope of what he was asked to do. 
I am very excited. This is the closest I have ever come in a masks game to taking somebody out mechanically. And we're putting one team in the pool. Perfect. Okay, great. So. Although question, could my inviting Diesel to take a swing be considered foolhardy action? I would say so, but I'm not the DM. But like, yeah. Ooh, I hate that you did this. I think like... (laughs) Up to you. Up to know, you completely. I'm thinking about it because I'm like, well, but it's like, I'm, I'm weighing the options here because it's like, it's foolhardy action, but yeah. Okay. I'm into it. Okay. I will clear insecure. I still have a mere three conditions. <laughs> I have swapped uh, insecure for guilty. I am into it. I know you wanted to incap me, but gosh darn it, I would sure love if you didn't. I mean, the fact that I said yes should tell you something about the situation you're currently in. I know, I know. I, I, why do I get to feel like this is going to help me that much? Um, incredible. Great. Okay, so you are kind of just in this slugfest with this man who hits extremely hard. You do weather it kind of the same way that he did. You, you definitely give less ground than he did when you hit him the first time. And as you are kind of slugging it out in the middle, Danny and... Kaz, are you enacting your part of the plan? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Cool. I think Kaz just looks at Danny and says, do you want to take the ones on the right or the ones on the left? Danny will do the quick finger thing and hold up his right hand and go, I'll take the ones on the left. Okay. (laughs) Incredible. So what does your entrance look like for the two of you? So I think we should come from above would be my guess, but yeah. So we're going to drop in because uh, presumably everyone's distracted looking at the hole in the wall. They might not notice to um, <sighs> thin twinks, for lack of a better term. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're right. Descending the uh, magic. <laughs> at least you're self-aware. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That is the single most accurate descriptor, though. (laughs) The the twinks of the team. On paper, Danny and Kaz don't have that much in common except for one thing. (laughs) Okay, well. (laughs) Just gonna pull it together real quick. Danny and Kaz, you drop in at sort of the back level of the auditorium. For the moment... It does not appear like you have been noticed. There is a lot of chaos and stuff going on down at the front. And for the moment, like I said, you appear to be undetected. What would you like to do? Yeah, my goal was to maybe, unlike the last time where I opened the portal underneath everybody um, and moved them that way, this time I would like to, because you said that the door is, the exit is on the stage, correct? Yeah, behind the stage, the emergency exit, yes. I would basically like to open a portal right by it but instead of having like 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 literally right in front of it like if they go through my mother one i create instead of coming through and being on stage they just go right through the emergency exit okay cool i'm very into that this is going to be very hard for you i think i'm gonna say you are both defending in different ways danny you are defending in a way where you're trying to get them out of the situation kaz you are defending where you are trying to make a barrier to protect them so you are both going to make the same roll, and it is going to be with Savior. 
I got a nine. I got an eight. Okay. This is the opportunity that uh, Alex created. Add anything to that? Not the team that he put in the pool, but when he chose instead of getting... Uh, I think that was them not being noticed. I think that was them being undiscovered when they came in. Okay. But there are three team in the pool. If somebody would like to take that nine and make it a ten, you can. You just have to give me a justification for how. The only person who's not like actively embroiled in the situation right now, aside from these two, is Fractal. Could I use that um sort of that quasi hold from earlier from my physics vision giving Danny a a good layout of the room to use that to give Danny a plus one to bump it from a nine to a ten? I'll say sure. We said you could use that as justification. So I will subtract one from the pool. So Danny, in your case, you got the nine, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, great. So that's going to become a 10. You are going to be able to do it. Your information that Victory gave you is pretty much spot on. And so you kind of had the dimensions for your magic portal in mind when you popped in. I think by focusing on it really, really hard, you were able to do it in such a way that you catch everybody on your side of the room and the other portal opens up on the stage and they kind of spill out and immediately make for the emergency exit, which is not an obvious door, but they work here. They know where it is behind the stage. So you see them kind of running for the giant projector screen that is set up on one wall and basically start like tearing through it to where the secret emergency exit behind it is. Kaz, you got an eight. So that means that you can do it. You can create a bone barrier around your half of the room, but you are going to expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation. I'm going to choose to expose myself to danger. Amazing. And I think what that means is you are no longer unnoticed. So as you kind of create this bone barrier over top of the room, well, do you want to describe what it looks like? Yeah, I think it's effectively like almost a shell that just goes around them so that they're not going to be hit by any projectiles, things flying around, certainly any direct threats. So he's just basically encasing the group of them in bone. Actually, before we moved on, since Danny got bumped to a 10, does Danny get to choose one from the the list on the defend move? Yes, sorry. Thank you for reminding me. Um, Danny, you do get to pick one. You can add a team to the pool take influence over someone you protect, or clear condition. I don't have any conditions. Do you want influence over a random office worker? (laughs) I kind of do want to take influence over someone who works here, though. You can. I think that's what I've got to do. Okay. All right. Yeah. Is it it the one that Nina threatened? Who knows? I think as as you move to the group and, like, open your portal to encase all of them, one of the office workers who has, like, closest to the aisle grabs your arm as you are focusing and says thank you thank you for saving us what's what's your name danny's never been asked this um uh uh i'm dan i'm i'm the stage i'm danny (laughs) she like looks confused for a second and like looks at the stage in front of the room and then back at you and then like back to the stage in the front of the room and then back to you and and then says the stage I'll I'll remember that and then Danny will thumbs up a second later she is like consumed in the magenta energy and then 
disappears from in front of you and reappears on the stage by the emergency exit. Fantastic. You now have influence over a employee at the labyrinth. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm sure is fine. See, the thing is, Will, you know that we're going to spring this information on you like five sessions from now when you least expect it. Oh, no, I'm, I'm fine with it. I already decided that this is <laughs> this is Enid, the person who has the keys. Enid! <laughs> Enid! Okay, great. So Enid's a big The Stage fan now. You're about to have one yeah. fan blog on choir. Oh, God. So, yeah, moving on from that, Kaz, as you create your bone shield that covers the people on your side of the room, you look and you see... One of the inmates, amidst all of the shouting and moving around and violence up at the front of the room, he's kind of just calmly looking at you. It is the little man with the big, thick glasses, and he's going to start walking up the stairs towards you. And as he does so, he is going to reach into his pocket, the pocket of his uniform, and pull out an apple that he is going to toss in the air as he moves towards you. Thanks, I I hate it. Bone magic versus fruit magic. Who will win? As he walks up the steps and starts getting closer to you, he is going to catch the apple, bring it up to his mouth, and take one bite of it. And as he chews it, his form is going to start to change. He starts to grow. And I think this is very much a Animorphs book cover level of Cronenbergian transformational horror as his his physical form just sort of starts to stretch and like ripple and like his bone structure, skeletal structure itself is starting to change and his features start to become more cat-like, more leonin. The hair that he really didn't have anymore on his head starts to grow into this long mane like golden golden hue and his skin starts to transform into that sort of shiny almost rubbery texture of the skin of an apple and before you know it there is this nine foot tall lion man covered in this like golden delicious apple skin looming over you And all Kaz can say is he watches this absolutely horrifying experience happen in front of him is just, he's holding up the barrier. He knows he can't do that and attack at the same time. And so I think all he can do is just watch this happen and go, what the actual fuck? And the creature is going to raise one meaty fist above you and is just going to say in this, awful voice welcome to the neighborhood and bring it down on top of you or at least try to guessing I'm uh, going to be rolling to take powerful blow I think you are if you're maintaining your spell in the process so roll 2d6 plus conditions marked that's not optimal uh, that, that is an 8 could be worse could be a 10 it could be worse so you're going to have to make some choices You can lash out verbally and provoke a teammate to foolhardy action or take advantage of your influence to inflict a condition. You can give ground and your opposition gains an opportunity, or you can struggle past the pain by marking two conditions. I will say that if you choose to give ground, I think you're going to drop your spell. 
I think the only option I can go with is to mark two conditions because Kaz does not want to lash out at his teammates and he's not going to give ground. So all he can do is struggle through the pain. That makes perfect sense to me. What are you marking? I think I'm going to go with angry and insecure because there's a lot that's been building up for Kaz anger-wise, and this is just adding fuel to that fire. And I think he's also thinking, I am way in over my head. 100%. I am not equipped for this. That is extremely fair. Three condition club. Three condition club. (laughs) I was just thinking I haven't had angry marked for like a whole session. (laughs) We'll see who else we can get there. Um, The giant apple tiger man (laughs) is just kind of going to like bring his fist down on top of you. And I think it's just going to, I think in this particular case, you're going to try to get out of the way, but you're not quite fast enough. And so he's going to bring it down and I think it's going to catch your leg and it doesn't snap. Like it doesn't break your leg, but you feel something sprain or twist. And now you're like on the ground in pain, hanging onto the spell. But this creature is still standing over you with this like horrible lion face and this weirdly sweet sort of drool from its distended maw. Would you describe it as being uh, high fructose? I would. It's extremely high fructose. That was pretty corny syrup there, Brendan. Mm, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I am what I am. Kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All of that kind of is happening simultaneously, and I think at that moment... We're going to cut back to Nina, Lyra, and Fractal up at the front of the room. While everything else has been going on, Nina has not looked away from you, Lyra. And Fractal, you're kind of in the same vicinity, but as far as you know, nobody really remembers that you're there. Even amidst everything that's happening around you, Nina still has this cloud of debris kind of whirling around her, and she's going to say, I'm leaving. Lyra, I'm getting out of here. If you try to stop me, I'll do what I have to. And do it. I'm going to lunge at her. Okay. Are you directly engaging a threat? I think what I want to do is I want to lunge into kind of her swirl of debris. And I can't... Lyra knows she cannot pull all of this stuff out. But she wants to pull down and kind of take over the glass that Nina has. Mm -hmm. And kind of just like take that away from her. Okay. She's not sure if she'll be able to do it. She's not sure if it'll hurt her, but it will keep her here at least for an extended period of time. That is fair. Uh, Roll with danger. Okay. Six and a five, so that's an 11. That is amazing. Um, Pick two. You are going to trade blows, but you can pick two, resist or avoid, take something from her, create an opportunity, or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. We're trying to take the glass. Yeah. That seems like an obvious choice. Yeah, so I, I want to take the glass. So I want to kind of like lunge into her area and kind of like rip her control over the glass away. Bring that all onto my side. And I think I will say also resist or avoid their blows. And I think I will use the glass that I took to do that. Like the same motion. Yeah, yeah. I'm picturing you kind of lunge into the middle of this sort of maelstrom of debris swirling around her. And you take the glass and that creates like enough of a buffer uh, that you are now sort of in her personal bubble, so to speak, sort of toe to toe with her. And the glass swirling around you is kind of canceling out the debris that is swirling around her. 
And as you are now much closer, she is going to kind of sneer at you. And she is going to say, always with the glass. You don't even know what we are, do you? You don't even know what we can do or where it comes from. You could be so much more than this. Maybe I can and maybe I will. But I'm not getting there the same way you got there. Fractal, what are you doing? That's a great question. (laughs) Since nobody knows I'm here. So let me ask you this question. Danny's people are gone. They're behind the they're behind the curtain. No one can see them. They're just gone. What's happening with the other villains right now? Yeah, there are a lot of them. I will say that as you are taking in the situation, you're really the only one kind of paying attention to the whole room and trying to survey what's going on. So I think I would want you to roll to assess the situation with superior. Sounds good. No, I've got a negative one to superior. Damn. Okay. Okay. With the negative one, I get a seven. Seven is enough to ask one question. So I think there are a lot of different options, but it depends on what your primary focus is on. Do you want to help the people that are currently trying to escape? Do you want to figure out what the biggest threats in the room are? That kind of thing. Um, I definitely want to figure out what the biggest threats in the room are. I can see big angry sister battle. <laughs> I can see my one friend getting the crap beat out of him. I see my other friend getting the crap beat out with him, but with like a lion skin. I think Danny's fine. <laughs> doing great. Danny's doing great. Perpetually. And then there's yeah. like seven other villains just hanging out. <laughs> there are, but a few of them seem to not be into this. Like, a bunch of them are not jumping in now that there are heroes in the mix. Maybe they haven't figured out that, like, these are young people and not, like, full-blown heroes. But a bunch of them are standing by, kind of impassively, just watching what happens. You get the impression that they might jump in if the tide turns drastically on your team. But right now, they are kind of just waiting to see what shakes out. And... I will say that of the others you can see, you see a group of three inmates who are kind of surveying the room and are spreading out. There's a man with a very large gut. It's kind of straining against his his prison uniform. He has very thick sideburns and like black hair that is slicked back in like a very greaser style somehow, despite the fact that he's in prison. He is making a beeline over to Alex, where Alex is kind of going toe to toe with this very muscular bald man. The man with the sideburns is going to make a beeline for him. There's a very... Not going to say twink. Not going to say twink. Not going to say twink. Fucking say it. Say it. Say it. Say it, you coward. No, he is a... He is a very... Uh, he is a tall and skinny man of, like, maybe mid to late 20s. He has a very, like, uninterested expression on his face. Kind of bored, maybe, or just like very removed from it all. And I think he is kind of trying to stay back. But in the process, he is wandering over towards where Danny is currently. And I think you can kind of see that he spots Danny as he is doing so. And there's like a quizzical expression on his face. And then finally, there is a kind of a small, like unobtrusive looking woman 
whom you probably didn't notice at first. Uh, she has like very long hair that's kind of going gray. It's braided, but you would think that it would fall to the floor if it was free. And that is really the only thing you notice about her, but she is edging her way over to Lyra, to where Lyra and Nina are like embroiled in conflict. Got it. So there's a potential enemy for almost everybody. Cool. A couple of them. Mm. That is what you notice. I will, just to, just to throw another thing on top of that, I will say that you also hear some cries of panic from behind you. And if you look over your shoulder, you see that the people that Danny teleported around the stage have ripped the projector screen open, but can't seem to get through the door. I feel like that comes first. I feel like, you know, they're superheroes. They do this stuff all the time. <laughs> We're professionals. <laughs> These are professionals, even though they're youths. I'm going to, in that case... Is there any way to inspect the door from here? Do I have to go over and, like, physically, like, look at this door? I think you'd have to go over there. I'm going to go over there. They, sorry, they will react with panic initially as you make your way over there just because you are wearing an inmate uniform. This is valid. <laughs> and I'm going to act like an inmate, too, and say, What are you doing? I got this. I got this covered. What are you doing over here? And then I'm going <laughs> to look at the door. What's wrong with the door? <laughs> this is fun. What the fuck? <laughs> I think all you can really tell is that it is sealed. It is two metal doors that are kind of sealed in the middle, but there is a light over top of it with a, like a metal cage over it. And that light is just solid red. I turned to who I don't know is Edith yet. Enid. Enid, right. Enid. They look like an Enid, I'm <laughs> sure. Yes, they absolutely do. And I go, Enid, don't ask. Do you have any keys? And she looks you up and down, uh, kind of a concerned expression on her face, and says, why would I tell you? You're, you're with them. All right. Fractal's gonna get really close and look really intimidating and be like, I'm not, I'm not really. I just, it's just, it's just guys. I'm, I'm trying to help you. Please, please tell me if there are keys. We need to get out of here. <laughs> I need you to roll with Superior because you are provoking someone. Oh, God. <laughs> we were trying to get Enid to believe you and trust you. Please. Enid, I am but also a youth. <laughs> How did I roll the same thing twice? I keep... Okay. Um, well, actually, no. No, no, no. I rolled the same thing twice, but now it's a minus... Okay, okay, okay. Uh, it's a six. All right. That is a six. That is one away from success. We'd have um, to figure out a way. Danny from across the room is going to be like, She's cool! <laughs> yes! And... Above yes. all of the din, above all of the shouting and the noise, Enid recognizes the voice of Danny Carsey. It cuts through everything <laughs> to her ears, and it resonates with her that six is going to become a seven. We have one more team in the pool, or is that our last one? We have one left. We have one team left in the pool. And it, I think in this particular case, 
she's going to choose to believe you because of Danny's intervention. She's going to look you up and down and say, all right, miss, if the stage vouches for you, that's good enough for Enid. And she's going to she's going to turn and look at the door and kind of like scratch her head. And she's going to say, it's the damnedest thing that the lock's supposed to be automated in the event of an emergency. It's supposed to it's supposed to be green. It's supposed to be unlocked. But the dang Minotaur controls that. And I think it's been corrupted or overwritten or something. Right. Uh, I don't know anything about coding. <laughs> <laughs> don't you have any fancy powers or nothing you can do? Oh, I know, Enid. <laughs> yes! Give me one second! I've only been using it to make people's heads explode so far. I'm sorry, I don't what? I No, wait, that the bad people, not you. Wait, that's not okay. Uh Rocco gets really overwhelmed and then like goes within herself and just kind of like calms herself down and like starts like self-soothing by kind of grabbing her shoulders and breathing slowly as she can and she looks down and under her breath she mumbles I wish the light were green okay uh, mark your doom track no I don't think I'm going to make you roll for that that's a very basic kind of thing um, mark your doom track and the light blinks for a second it blinks red and then it turns green. And with a click, the doors start to slide open. And people immediately start rushing through the gap and out. And Enid stops and grabs your hand and says, Thank you so much. I'll never forget what you did. Friend of the stage. <laughs> Fractal actually looks at her kind of shocked because she took her hand and goes, Yeah, of course. I'm fractal. That's very nice, dear. I'm going to run now. Okay. And she does. <laughs> she runs away with everybody else out into the emergency exit chamber. So in that particular moment, I think um, I think we're going to have to jump back to the, the OG conflict of this particular shindig, which is Diesel and Victory. Just two dudes without sleeves swinging on each other. <laughs> Nature is healing. Love to see it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I imagine that while all of this has been going on, you've kind of been trading blows back and forth. And I think you are starting to pick up on the fact that every time you hit him, he gets a little bit stronger. Like his blows are coming harder and harder. And yours are your standard victory power level, which is not nothing, but it becomes clear to you that you're kind of powering up by hitting him. Mm-hmm. And I think it, at this particular moment, he is going to, well, I should put the impetus on you. What would you like to do? So if I'm understanding this right, it seems like the harder I'm hitting him, the harder he's hitting back, basically. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The tougher he is getting, the stronger he is getting. Then I think... Victory is going to try and change tack and try to simply neutralize him, basically by using his telekinesis to just levitate him into the air and hold him there. 
I'm into that. Uh, we're going to have to figure out how this plays out. I think what I'm going to say, here's what happens. He is going to, like, you've been fighting back and forth. He is getting stronger and stronger. And I think at this particular moment, he is going to, like, reach up and grab you. He's going to, like, put his hand on your face. And for a second, you feel it coming. You feel that he's going to push you down onto the ground, onto your back, because this is what always happens. Mm. And as he does that, as he reaches up and grabs you, he says, you're not going to stop me. I got to get out of here. I got something to live for. My family. Diesel, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to roll uh, to unleash your powers. I want you to roll with Freak. That was a Kevin Nash reference. (laughs) You'd like that, wouldn't you? I would love that. (laughs) Well, um... Good news, I got a potential. Uh, Listen, some things are immutable in this life. Apparently. Weather cannot be stopped. Time cannot be reversed. And invariably, in a fight, victory will get pushed down onto the (laughs) ground and onto his back. Yep. Uh, Yep. No, it's it's a five, too. Like, like a team team bonus wouldn't even push it over. Mark a potential. Yep. And... He is now, like, standing over you, hand on your face, just kind of shoving you bodily into the ground. And that is making it very hard for you to do any of your powers. You hear muffled on the other side of the hand, Oh, come on, seriously. (laughs) Fantastic. The fight is not going well for victory, as it turns out. But a few of you have other things going on. So I think in the most immediate danger also, Spectrum. You are on the ground, just like Victory, and this apple lion monster is looming over you and is kind of drawing his fist back for another hit. And he says, I just want you to know this isn't personal. I'm not a bad man. Are you sure about that? Because you're making some pretty bad decisions. He, I don't think, is going to reply to that. I think he is just going to try to hurt you. (laughs) What would you like to do? I would like to break the arm that is coming at me. That is what I would like to do. Okay. So you're directly engaging a threat. Now it's your turn to roll with danger. Yep. This is going to be tricky because you are trying to maintain one spell and do another spell. That is a seven. Okay. You get to pick one thing. Are you resisting or avoiding the blow? I'm going to remind myself of what the other things listed are. That's fair. Take something from him, create an opportunity for your allies, or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I think I will try to resist and avoid the blow. Okay. The big, beefy arm that is, like, raised over his head and he's about to bring down on you snaps at the elbow. It's a weird sound, because it's, you know, it's a fruit snap. It's not a bone snap. So that's weird and and unpleasant, but... It's like celery. Oh. It appears to hurt regardless, and the arm kind of twists at an unnatural angle as he roars in pain. You have, at the very least, bought yourself some time. Is your plan pretty much just to tough this out for as long as you can? I think Kaz's plan right now is to hold the barrier as long as he has to for Danny to get the others out. Okay, so great. That is what he is waiting on. Cool. Then that seems like a natural transition to throw it to Danny. And Danny, you can see somebody 
coming up the stairs towards you. You can see this tall, skinny, disinterested, kind of sad-looking man. Hey. <laughs> hey. I'm Danny. Oh, they call me Depresso. <laughs> what are you, me in high school? I'm so sorry. Um, I know, it's stupid. I hate it. You know what? It's what they call you. What do you want to call yourself? I don't know. I think I'd like to be, I don't know, something like a cool name, like Caleb or something. Caleb rules. Can I tell you something seriously? I, I was going to name myself Isaac, I, but with a Z. Oh, uh, all right. I don't, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> oh, well, you know, they're not all <laughs> great. Are you Caleb with a C or a K? Oh, God, I don't know. God, that's so many questions. Uh, it's all just pointless. And as he says that, Danny, it does feel pointless. It all kind of feels <laughs> pointless. All of it. And I think I'm going to need you to mark hopeless. <laughs> Can I not do anything to try and defend myself? Not in this case. I'm making a hard move. That's how his powers uh, work. Uh, man. What a dick. As he says that, like, Danny's smile disappears, and the twinkle in his eye dims. Son of a bitch. But he still holds the portal up, and he still is like, Caleb, I don't... You're not cool, man. I know. <laughs> you're like... <sighs> I try not to... Oh, dude. So, you seem like you could be nice, but you were, like, legitimately dismissive of me sharing a piece of information about myself. <laughs> that you shared with me initially. So, like, that is... Not to say that all relationships are transactional, but that is legitimately unnecessarily mean. Yeah, I don't... Look. I I don't know what to say. I... I'm the worst. No, dude, come on. First of all, that is... You martyring yourself for the sake of justifying your actions, which is sincerely toxic behavior. All right, you need to learn how to be respectful of others when they say things. And instead of immediately accepting blame and being like, it is what it is, that shows that you don't aren't willing to grow as a person. And honestly, people that aren't willing to grow and change and evolve are not people I need in my life. This is not Danny anymore. This has become Jamie 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie pops in through the fourth wall to just, just a therapy depresso out of this fight. Uh, and with that, I would like to comfort or support Depresso <gasps> and try and stimulate actual growth in him as a person. Do it. Roll with mundane. Oh no, my mundane is so bad. Hold on. It's okay. If sense. we have to spend the last team on this, we will. <laughs> the team is here for Depresso. Let me check my powers real quick. Yeah, you might have a move. I'm not sure. Okay, though. hold on. I'm going to use tomorrow's golden promise. When you comfort or support someone with tales of what you think their future will be, a.k.a. you can grow and be a better person, you may roll savior instead of mundane. Mark a condition unless you are confident the stories are true. I am confident Depresso can be a better person. Okay. I am an eternal optimist. I think this is maybe more literal. I think this is maybe you have to mark a condition unless you think you know future Depresso gets better. Oh, I see. Then I will mark the condition if I am still allowed to use my savior instead of my Monday. You absolutely can. Another option would be to just... Maybe Danny in this moment does remember Depresso in the future. 
a bummer of a guy. Someone who, oh, you know what? Maybe Depresso in the future is... I don't want to necessarily tie it into all the crossroads stuff like everything else is. You don't have to give him one of your roles as the Harbinger. Oh, okay. Then I would like to say that Depresso, because somehow the bummer always makes it through, was part of the last surviving bastion of humanity. <laughs> but at that point in his life, instead of using his depression to uh, bring everyone down, he had reinforced it to use as like a therapist. He had learned from himself and grown as a person. And I know he can do that still. Roll with Savior. Ah, this is incredible. Yes. Danny, I love you so much. This is so good. I love you too, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) I got an eight. I'll take an eight. Sincerely, if I'd rolled with my mundane, I would have gotten a four. So I will take the eight. Okay. Depresso hears you. Your words get through to him and he stops for a second and you feel this kind of like miasma of depression and negativity that sort of radiates out of him slow and and kind of like start to retreat away from you and back into him and he looks up at you and he says no one's no one's ever said they believed in me before that legitimately breaks my heart you're so much potential look at you dude you can inflict the feelings of others you could use that to make the world such a better place and the fact that you're here is unfair to you. You should be given a chance to grow and become the the shining beacon of humanity you're meant to be. And then Danny will put his fist out for a fist bump. Depresso will take a few steps up the stairs and tentatively reach out and fist bump Danny Carsey. Yes. And he will say, you're right. And also, I think I'm going to start taking my meds. That's, you know what, I support it. I just, I didn't want to lose my sparkle, but what is a sparkle, you know? When I have mental illness issues, I always think that by taking my meds, I'll lose a part of who I am, but the person I am without my meds isn't who I want to be. And you're going to shine just as bright with your meds as you would without. (laughs) Is this new Danny lore, or is this once again Jamie talking directly to a character in this Masks game? I feel like we absolutely have to admit that Danny is on yeah. something <laughs> just to exist here. But it is also something Jamie firmly believes. 100% agreed. So, yeah, Depresso sees the light at the end of the tunnel and he says, Thanks, Danny. Thank you. If you'd like, I can see about coming back to visit and see how you're doing later. I think I'd really like that. I I think I'm going to go wait by the front for, you know, the, probably the cops, I guess. See you later, Caleb. Wow. He stops at the top of the stairs and he says, Hey, Danny, I think you're my hero. (laughs) Caleb, if you take care of yourself, you're going to be my hero too. He nods and walks out the door. Wow. Okay. Every episode of Academy H is a very special episode. (laughs) What a time we're having tonight. (laughs) Um, Lyra, Mm -hmm. Lyra, yeah, um, Lyra, you are kind of standing toe-to-toe with Nina still. She looks past you. You you can tell that much. She looks past you at the stage, and her expression is one of displeasure. And she redirects her focus back to you, and she says, 
Last chance. Lyra, if you won't come with me, step aside. Let me go. To do what? More of this? More breaking into powers buildings? More whatever the fuck you're doing with Glenn? Let you keep proving them right? I don't understand how you don't see how you're just ruining every chance we could have had to have tried to fix whatever this is. You don't see it because you don't know what we are, Lyra. If you come with me, I will tell you, but I can't keep living that way. I couldn't I couldn't keep living like that, and I can't live like you. We have a destiny, Lyra, and they will never understand it. No one will ever understand it. How could they? We are meant to be God's little sister. And it's pretty obvious you don't want to fight me. But you're gonna have to. I think at this point, it's basically... Lyra, she doesn't want to fight Nina, but she cannot back down from this point. Nina is going to look at you somewhat sadly, and she is going to say, you're not going to fight me. And then she will look past you again, and she will say, sorry, Lyra, you're going to fight your friends instead. And I think you feel a hand reach through the glass, probably getting cut in the process, but it takes hold of you around like the back of your neck, maybe just grabbing onto your hair, even whatever is vulnerable. And when it makes contact with you, you see your vision kind of blur. All of the people that you have been tracking in the room sort of swap places. Alex and Diesel, Spectral and the Apple Lion Man, so on and so forth. And that is your perception. This is a move that is going to be like a compulsion. Mm-hmm. What would you prefer? Do you want to? Do you want to pick your target, or do you want me to pick your target? I'll let you decide. You are vaguely aware of the small old woman standing behind you, and she kind of maintains this grip on you, and you sort of see yourself from the inside, looking out, but unable to do anything to stop it. Turn. I need you to roll to. Directly engage a threat. as danger. That's flat. The five and a three, that's an eight. I'm sorry, friends. Everything kind of stops for a second. Everything is happening in very slow motion. All of a sudden, your glass kind of disengages from this whirlwind that has been created between Nina's debris and your glass. Nina, for her part, takes a step back with this sort of this sort of sad apologetic expression on her face and she is going to move for the stairs and up onto the stage and start heading for the exit Lyra you feel yourself controlling the glass and forming it into one of those javelins that you've created in the past <laughs> fractal no You have been watching people make for the exit. You've been watching people exit through the emergency hatch as it is opened. You've accomplished your goal. People are going to safety. You turn around to look at the room. You see Lyra looking directly at you. This old woman standing behind her with one hand up on like the nape of her neck. You barely have time to register this glass 
shard, this giant glass javelin, as it impales you through the torso. Fractal looks shocked and confused, grabs the javelin, sees the blood on her hands and kind of sinks to the floor. She looks up at you, looks back at the lady, doesn't understand what's going on, but understands enough to know that this isn't you. And then she's going to wish her final wish and have all of the office workers left in the building that Kaz has been protecting with their bone barrier. She wishes them outside. Well, if you keep killing our guests, they're going to stop coming on. (laughs) I have never killed a guest. How dare you? It's true. The others are still alive. A lot of things are happening very, very slowly. And Fractal, as you close your eyes, you put your hands onto the javelin. As you're kind of falling to the ground, Lyra, you see all of this happening, but you're unable to do anything about it. Fractal, I need to know the wording of your wish. I wish the people we are trying to save get out. Kaz, the people to your right vanish out of their seats like they were never there. At the same time, everyone that you are currently embroiled in a fight with also disappears. For a second, it is just the five of you standing there, and you blink, and you are not there anymore. In a split second, the world around you melts away, and when it reconstitutes in your vision, you are in a bedroom. It's childlike, lots of drawings and pictures on the walls. Fractal, you see, is on the bed. And amidst everything that is still going on, you would notice a lantern on the bedside table with a little blue flame in it. What do you do? Am I sentient again? Or am I still possessed? You are in control of yourself. Oh, I am. I am moving to where Fractal is. What state is Fractal in on this bed? Not a great one. Not not a great one. Can I open a portal to a, a, a hospital? This is a single room. And I think as you try to create a portal, you, you realize that you are not even in a physical location. Wherever you are, it is like entirely magic. And you don't know where you could even go outside of here. I do not know if this would be if this would work, but if if I were to to toss out something into sort of the the weird metaphysics of the world, is Fractal Sanctuary at all metaphysically similar to Danny's White Room? That is an interesting question. I need to know why you're asking before I answer it. I was going to say is if there was any sort of metaphysical similarity between Fractal Sanctuary and Danny's White Room if that would give Danny any kind of leverage to, to, to work with, basically. Interesting. Actually, when you try to create a portal, it feels like your white room. 
but it's not your white room. And that is the problem. The white room is a space solely for you. And this is a space solely for Fractal. You said it's all magic? In so much that, like, magic can be defined, yes. It is of the same stuff that, like, your portals and your white room are of. I want to try something, but it's not something we've really talked about, and it's at your discretion. I am interested to hear about it. Danny's portals are time-based in the fact that, like, he traveled through time using them. And while they open up in similar moments, potentially if he tapped into magic, he could have some kind of time semblance. It's not something he's done really outside of the one big time coming back in the past. But I was wondering if I could maybe try and unleash my powers to try and put time into this wound and reverse the damage. That is really, really interesting. And I'm I'm down to try it. Uh, I roll with Freak. I got a 13. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's that's good enough. That is that is good enough. Um, so, Danny, I need to know what this looks like and what happens. So you might need to move Lyra because she is practically, like, on top of the wound. I think that Danny's hands would, uh, not just his hands, his whole body would start to glow with that typical magenta light. And as he puts them on Fractal's body, it's as if the energy is pouring out of Danny into her. And as it does it, his hair gets a little grayer and those scars get a little more defined. It is as if his very life is being poured into her. I am incredibly into this idea. I love it a lot. I'm going to add one caveat to it. This works because you know it will work. And you know it will work because in the moment leading up to this, as you're standing there and looking at Fractal, you are flooded with memories. And this works because Fractal is one of the roles in your playbook. And... This is something I think you heard about and forgot. This is something you knew was going to happen, but you forgot about it. And so I need you to tell me, what role is Fractal? I think that in my future, Fractal is the monster. You have to mark a condition. And you have to roll with memories. I got an eight. You have added another name. You get to raise your memory score. And you have to pick a condition. Let me go with... Well, Hopeless is already taken. So let me do... Afraid. Danny. Your magic comes pouring out of you and into Fractal. Because you know it will. You know this will happen. And as you put yourself into this wound and slowly reverse it, it all comes rushing back to you. You knew that you had to do this. Because in the future, you know that at this point in time, right now that you are in, 
Fractal dies. And in about two seconds, Crossroads is going to come through that door. And the power that is inside Fractal is going to be unleashed. It is going to occupy Fractal. But the person that you have met, the person that you know, the person that Fractal has been up until this point, will cease to exist. It will only be this strange, ill-defined, semi-sentient power of changing reality, granting wishes that is meant to be contained by a person. Without that element, it runs rampant. It's nearly all-powerful, and it is incapable of understanding human emotion or empathy, no matter how badly it wants to. All of this comes flooding back to you, and in this moment, you know that this is your one chance to stop that from happening. Your one chance to change this. So you step forward, and you put your magic into this wound, and it closes. For a second, I think there's quiet in the room. And with a gasp, fractal, you start breathing again. Why are we in... Why are we in my room? I think Lyra just, like, bursts into tears and just starts apologizing to Fractal. Like, she's, like, next to the bed, like, kneeling, like, next to Danny, and she is just sobbing, and she's just like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. That never should have happened to you. You have to get out of here. You're not supposed to be here. You don't understand. You should have just let me go. You're not supposed to be here. He's gonna be coming here any second now. You need to get out of here. Kaz is running for the lantern. You reach the lantern, Kaz, but as you do so, you hear a familiar voice from the door that says, She is right, you know. You shouldn't be here. And when you turn to look... You see Crossroads standing there, still in that sort of fatherly disguise, but looking far more sinister. Kaz doesn't look at him. The only thing he's focused on is the lantern. I wouldn't, if I were you. You got a particularly compelling reason for that, Crisscross? I don't even think he has a chance to answer before Kaz grabs the lantern. You pick up the lantern, and it feels warm, and it feels familiar. And Crossroads is going to say, You don't know what you've just done? What you've just set in motion? None of you. We get that a lot. You were the one who set this in motion. Whatever's going to happen, it's not on us. But it is. This is one more step on a road. You all started down a long time ago. And I was trying to help. Believe it or not, I was the only thing standing in your way. The only obstacle. You've won. Now get out. 
What about her? What about her? You gonna let her leave? If she wants to? She's not a prisoner. I mean, she was literally a prisoner. Not here? Not here. This is where we live. The two of us. Isn't that right, little one? I have a question. What is your relationship with Fractal? She is the closest thing I've ever had to a daughter. And I am the closest thing she's ever had to a father. It's always been just the two of us. Against the world. Oh, that sucks. Uh, would you like to pierce the mask? You seem skeptical. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Please do that. I'll check something, because piercing the mask is with uh, mundane? It is with mundane. <laughs> Can I use my applied history power? When you pierce the mask of someone you will believe will shape the future, and historically, Crossroads is already one of my people. Crossroads is already on your list, bro. Go for it. Yeah, he sure is. That fucking dick. <laughs> on the shit list! Ah! Well, I will mark one potential. Yay! <laughs> we love potential. <laughs> I got a five. All right. Five is uh, not going to cut it, but what I will say is that he appears to be sincere. And the crossroads that you know in the future, while he was like squirrely and kind of a dick, was capable of affection and caring. At least you thought. He had tricked everybody, so it's not outside the realm of belief of him not being a total piece of shit. Or at least able to play the role of not a total piece of shit. 100%. I think Lyra's going to turn her back on Crossroads, where she's still kind of kneeling down next to the bed where Fractal is, and she's going to ask her what she wants. You wished for us, didn't you? To come get you? Yeah. I didn't know it would be you. But I did. And you can still come with us. I think I should stay. Why? I was told not to leave before. And I almost ended up dead. He's right. It's not safe for me out there. But when... When you want to try again... We'll come back for you. You don't even need to wish. And Danny will hand her her cell phone. Is it also hot pink and has bitch on it? Yeah, it's the hot bitch phone that went with my name. (laughs) It's a set. Package deal. Yeah, it came in a pack of two. Also, I think you have part of his soul, so... (laughs) I do. Which might be a problem for you later. (laughs) 
Crossroads will say, You heard her. Father knows best. We heard what she wishes for now. Things can change. And I think Lyra's going to stand up and she's going to squeeze Fractal's hand like one more time. It'll be okay. Okay? Yeah. You're right. I'm going to lean down and give you a hug. Not too tight because I think she's still a little freaked out by the fact that you she impaled you. You feel her body kind of shake as if she's holding back the urge to cry. And she lets you go and she lays down in her bed and she turns her back to you. I think you've done quite enough. I think you should leave. Then Lyra will turn towards Crossroads again and say, And where's the door? You will gesture to it. There's only one door. I'm gonna make sure Kaz gets through the door first. Yeah, Kaz is hugging the lantern to his chest. He did look like he was going to try to offer some final words or comfort to Fractal, but when she turned her back... He just kind of nodded, and then seeing Bethel kind of gesture for him to leave, followed that instruction. Crossroads steps to the side to let you through the door, though you will notice he does not open the door for you. He doesn't really make any type of move, but as you pass him, you will lean in, and he will say quietly to you, When it happens, when you find out who you really are, remember that I tried to save you. And Kaz pauses, does not look at Crossroads, and says, You know, at this point, I'm a little tired of father figures telling me that they know what's best and trying to save me. I'm willing to take my own outcomes. He nods to you, says, I can respect that. I'll see you there at the outcome. Kaz, at this point, does look at Crossroads and says, I look forward to it. That said, maybe show some of that same respect to your own daughter. And then walks out. Crossroads will just stand to the side, hands behind his back, as you all file out the door. Assuming you do. Alex is going to stop briefly on the way out the door and just look at Crossroads and say... So you say that you were trying to, I don't know, help us, save us, uh, stop something terrible from happening. Is there a reason why you got to be so cryptic about it? Is there a reason why you can't just tell us with your mouth words what that is? 
changing destinies is a tricky business. And he will look past Alex directly at Danny and he will say, Isn't that right? Danny will with much difficulty stand up on his own and look at Crossroads and say, I changed hers. And before I'm done, I'm going to change yours too. And then we'll, with much difficulty, uh, walk out the door. Alex will let Danny lean on him if he needs to. <laughs> Once we're outside of Crossroads' point of view, Danny will do that. But right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Don't let him see you. Crossroads will sort of look after the empty portal. The sort of yawning darkness beyond this doorway as you both move through it. And he will say quietly, to himself mostly, for all our sakes, I hope one of us succeeds. And then he will sort of notice Lyra's still there. What are you waiting for? Honestly, I just wanted to make sure everyone got out okay. I want to believe you when you say that you're going to take care of her. So, don't disappoint me. And then Lyra's going to leave. As you're moving to the door, he looks past you to Fractal on the bed and her back turned and he says, Rest assured, she is everything to me. I will close the door behind her. It's just Crossroads and Fractal alone in the room. But it's a little bit darker without the lantern. I'll fade to black on that scene. But come back to the suite as the door opens. Lyra, you walk through. The rest of your team are already here. It appears you've walked out of Fractal Sanctuary and back to your home. Somehow. Like a Masterson is going to kill us. Uh, more on that later. But in the immediate moment, Kaz, you have the lantern in your hands. I do. What do you do? I would like to walk into my room and open it. For a moment, it's a little bit like coaxing a scared animal out of a corner. But the light leaves the lantern finally inches forward until it is on the very edge and it kind of leaps. And as it does so, it reforms into the tall and more muscular figure of Jonathan. His back is to you. And he's kind of looking around in front of him, disoriented? Not even thinking. Kaz steps forward and goes to put his hand on Jonathan's shoulder and says his name. Jonathan jumps. At first you think maybe it's out of surprise at hearing you say his name, but 
you are touching his shoulder. He turns around, looks down at you, disbelief written all over his face. And he says, you saved me. I knew you'd save me. And not even sure that this is going to work, thinking that being able to touch Jonathan might have been a fluke. Kaz just, like, leaps at Jonathan and wraps his arms and legs around him and just holds on. He catches you at first, but it it knocks him off balance. It's been a long time since he touched anything, and he kind of falls down into a crouch and then settles onto his knees. You're still sort of wrapped around him, but he puts his arms around you as well, and he just sort of holds on to you. I think for for a long minute, that's that's what happens. You just hold each other. And after enough time has passed, he, as he's holding you, buries his face in your hair. After enough time has passed, he says, his voice a little bit muffled, let's never do that again. And Kaz kind of chuckles at that as much as he can. He is definitely crying all into Jonathan's shoulder, like Jonathan's shirt is soaked. And just says, yeah, yeah, I, I can agree to that. Jonathan, I missed you so much. You, you mean everything to me. You are everything to me. You hear him chuckle, and then a second later you realize he is laughing, but he is also crying. And he says, took you long enough to figure that out. Took me long enough to say it out loud. It's nice to be home, Cass. If you'd like to keep up with us and what we're up to, you can follow us on Twitter at Live from the Apoc, Instagram and TikTok at Live from the Apocalypse, Blue Sky at Live from the Apocalypse.com or join our Discord community, which will be linked in the description down below. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, feel free to give us a good rating and follow the show on your podcatcher of choice. Leave a review if you're so inclined, it really does help us out so much. The donation link to our current charity fundraising campaign can also be found in the description if you'd like to help us support worthy causes. Join us for the live recordings of Academy H every other Sunday, or any of our many other ongoing live-streamed campaigns that happen throughout the week, over at twitch.tv slash live from the apocalypse. For all this information and more, check out livefromtheapocalypse.com. As always, nothing we do would be possible without your support, and we appreciate you so, so much. Until next time. Academy H is edited by Will Malkus with music and sound effects from Epidemic Sound, Dark Fantasy Studios, and Krotos Sound. Character art by at OxyBellasDraws on Twitter and Instagram.
all my brain is thinking about now is is coming up with some kind of fastball special situation that uses the, the word twink. Um, the twink twirl. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop yeah, yeah, yeah. it. There's something there. I got it. I'm crying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fine. This is fine. Please stop, chat. <laughs> I have to run a game. <laughs> this is a very serious moment. Um, okay. Okay. 